Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is entitled At Your Door. It was written by Ellen Eisenwill, Mark Morrison, Barbara Manui, Chris Adams, Scott D. Anielowski, and Herbert Hike. I'm your game master, and this is episode 15. Now, instead of a recap, we're going to do uh, a little bit of a backtrack. Uh, a few days, and we're going to see what the assistants to our investigators have been up to. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Um, you all arrived in San Damiel about a week ago. Uh, you've been put to work in Zimvatech Labs, and you've sort of incorporated yourselves into the uh, the general way of things that are going there. They seem to be pretty well organized uh, under Dr. Leem. And you've seen some pretty strange things in the last few days, a strange sort of creature that uh, you believe was mutated, uh, uh, hard to identify, it escaped. Um, but the last, uh, last major thing that happened was uh, uh, your bosses seem to have been involved in some sort of uh, an explosion uh, at bio uh, at uh, Don Biozyme. Uh but they did manage to bring back a quantity of a substance they have labeled as a serum and uh, that's what uh, you are about to begin testing on they are leading late la they are leaving later on today for uh, uh, they're going uh, east towards a town called Renuncion for some reason. They don't tell you everything. So why don't we get to know your characters first? Uh, Jason, tell us about your character. Hi, I'm Jason Malnichok. Tonight I'll be playing Jade Tanaka. Uh, Jade is a Japanese-American, 26-year-old female grad student. She's following in her uh, in the footsteps of Ethan Carlisle. Right now, she's a la uh, veterinary lab technician and biologist. Uh, Ethan took her under his wing and teaching her everything he knows. Uh, she's fluent in English and Japanese, biology, and pretty much everything that Ethan was fluent in because she's learning from the best. So... Cool. She's happy to be here, and thanks. Morgan? I'm playing uh, Hayden Fields, 25-year-old um, graduate student um, who came out here to get some um, fieldwork experience because he's going on to get a doctorate. So anything to help him get into the doctorate program is what he was looking for. So here he is, California, experiencing some weird stuff. Cool. David? I'm playing Michael Mansfield, assistant to Desmond Flores. Um, I'm building up a PhD in organic chemistry with a bunch of sidelines. Uh, haven't always been exactly laser focused on a particular path. Um, and, uh, you know, bookworm scientist type, a little shy. Cool. Brian? Hi, I'm Brian Daly, and tonight I'm playing. <clears throat> Claire Davies, 
I'm a microbiologist and I'm studying under Dr. Liege. Uh, I would like to look into plant pathogens and such, but right now he's got me as more of a general microbiology type person. Cool. So you guys have been working together in the lab for a bit and uh, you're also staying at uh, the same hotel, the Crocker. Uh, in fact, I think you guys are staying in the same rooms, but a different bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have suites with our, yeah. Um, so we can start with you uh, getting up in the morning and just like your bosses, they have breakfast together. You guys probably have breakfast together. And this is the day they are planning to leave for Nuncion. Correct. So before we breakfast, we probably get whatever notes from them they have about what we're up to. Right. Uh, how much do we know about the explosion at Dawn Biozyme? You know that they were pretty shaken about it. Um, I, I don't think they told you that much, just because, for one thing, they were doing something kind of illegal and breaking in. But... Uh, uh, they seemed mentally shaken up by it. But we do know that that's where the gross pink serum came from. Correct. Yeah. And what quantity was retrieved? Just a little bit, right? Just a vial. Well, we'll say that, you know, a couple of ounces. Okay. Was retrieved. Well, how do you think they managed to get this? I thought the, uh, from what Margaret was telling me, the uh, Dom Biozon people weren't too open when they went the first time. Yeah, and I, I, uh, I got the impression that some of the, um, the uh, head uh, scientists there have um, gone on the lamb since the explosion. So, you know, it seems like there's still a lot of secrecy. Uh, Ethan's been acting awfully strange, uh, Dr. Carlisle. Um, he knocked on my door yesterday evening, right after I had just finished with the shower. I came out and I had a purple towel wrapped around my hair and he like literally just screamed and backed away and I haven't really talked to him since. Hmm. Well, Dr. Carlisle always struck me as a little odd. Well, I mean, yeah, he spends 80% of his time with primates and you know, monkey cages, gorilla houses. So there, he kind of relates to them better than he does humans. I've never reminds me. Did did any of you see my uh, my notebook? You'll remember, I had two of them. One was red, and the other one was purple. And I was taking some notes in that purple one. Do you do you remember where that went? I haven't seen it. No, we'll have to look around Zymphotech. I don't. I don't think I've noticed it. Yeah, because I just left it on the. I just left it by my my workstation there. I I remember I commented on it because it was cute. It had like little sparkles on it. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never seen an explosion up close myself, but you know, I can see it might be pretty upsetting. They might even develop some small PTSD over whatever happened at that location. Yeah. Uh, I know, I mean, I, I, I assume it's the same for you guys. Desmond's been keeping pretty crazy hours too. 
I heard some banging like early one morning. I don't know. I don't know how early it was, but I had run back to the hotel room to retrieve some notes that I was reading the night before. It seemed like there was like a little commotion coming from. Uh, yeah, uh, from Dr. Flores's. Yeah. yeah, from our suite. Yeah, I had actually already left for Zinfotech. I heard about it later. Apparently, he was. You know, I mean, I usually knock on a door a couple of times, but I don't. It's not my place to actually drag him out of bed. So I didn't think I'm in the out of the ordinary. But apparently, he was really out of it. Well, I mean, can't blame them too much for being a little spooked or a little haggard because, I mean, I'm glad that I wasn't in that section of the lab when that thing bolted. Well, you know, I wonder if they're not out there just having some a little extra fun, having some drinks at night because I found uh, some crumpled up paper from some, I don't know, it looked like a biker bar thing that you would stick up, on, you know, like on a, on, you know, like on the walls of like a record shop or something. It's and they something. didn't invite us. Ex my point exactly. Typical. Well, we oh, have I'm to actually sure get it up in the morning. I'm sure we've got to keep our uh, relationship strictly professional. Yeah, but a couple cocktails and dancing. We're in California. <laughs> I, I don't think I can really picture Desmond at a biker bar. That's what made, you know, I don't know. Maybe they have you, just... have you met Margaret? <laughs> well, we've met that them all, but me. I mean, we're all young. They're getting on and what are they, 40 or 50? <laughs> They're old already. All right. So you guys have some breakfast and you head on over to the lab and, uh, You've gotten quite comfortable walking in each morning, you know, where your offices are, um, you know, where all the lab equipment is, you know, most of the people. Uh, morning, guys. Morning, Hayden. Morning. Good morning. So what's on the agenda for this morning? Well, I think we have a new substance to analyze in our exciting, exciting lives. Uh, that's that uh, that serum that you brought in. Yeah, yeah the one they got from uh, Don Biozyme before it went gone. Uh, we can put some of the boys working on just the standard uh, standard tests if you want. Yeah, I mean, the implication uh, of the word serum is that it's uh, meant to be used on living tissue, so we have to look into that. I don't know what living tissue it's meant for, but presumably human. Yeah, I don't know why they would yeah, label it that otherwise. It's odd looking. looks kind of like milk, but it's pink instead. <laughs> and smells. Very strange smell. Almost uh, you know, fecal. At least very sour. Uh, so yeah, we need to go through a spectrometer uh, and we need to try some reagents on it. All right. Do some uh, some various other things. Uh, uh, we'll get uh, you know Johnson and Marcus working on that. Johnson and Marcus, excellent. Uh, tell him is the is I assume all the damage from the escape has been repaired somehow. Not really. They've put uh -huh. plastic tarps over things, and uh, 
and uh, you know it's going to take a month to get people to come out here and repair the the damage on the wall. Um, a lot of it had to be broken away and uh, disposed of because it's to it was toxic. Do they ever have they found have they found it yet? Um, no. Uh, they. Uh, <laughs> We had a cordon, so they had a cordon set up along a highway and it never passed it. Yeah, and the way that it looked, it it's possible that it could camouflage itself pretty well in the woods, but uh, considering the, its behavioral problems, the, the way that it attacked anything that moved, you'd think that they would be able to find it right away. Maybe... Uh, Maybe uh, maybe Beth would lose another finger or something, you know. <laughs> maybe it beamed back up to its home world. Maybe. Strange looking thing. So anyways, um, you get to work. And right about 10.30 in the morning, you're all busy analyzing data and looking at stuff. Uh, there is a large bang uh, that comes from one of the, the back labs. Um, sounds like a, an explosion. Yeah, I'm gonna, uh, let's go, let's go. Are there alarms? Are there sprinklers? Almost immediately, yeah, alarms come on. And we know what uh, labs are in that direction? Uh, yeah. Um, there is a uh, small, uh, I'm not sure exactly what it's called. It's a little furnace that's used for collecting off gases uh, while you're testing. I bet you uh, Brian knows what it's called. Uh, <laughs> the hood? I don't know. Okay, it's uh, it's designed to heat up a substance and then measure the gases that come off of it. Okay, so some form of uh, chromatography, gas chromatography. Right. Yeah. Um, as you get there, there's no sprinklers going or anything like that. Um, there is uh, there's lights flashing and there is a siren going off, which after a few minutes they manage to turn off. When you get to the lab, um, uh, Johnson is lying on the floor uh, uh, on his back and uh, Marcus is sort of uh, hunkered down in a corner. There's some smoke in the room and the front end of the furnace uh, has uh, blown off. There's some smoke and a, hor a horrible smell. <coughs> what did you do? Person who's down to see if they need any medical attention. Um, Johnson, uh, when you go over to Johnson, uh, his face—it looks like he has some red marks on his face, uh, like black, like almost like a blast pattern—and uh, he's unconscious, but he's he's breathing, and it doesn't look like he was hit by anything except maybe the blast wave. Uh, but he's he's unconscious on the ground. Um, and, is there, and there's no... Is he wearing eye protection? What's that? 
was he wearing eye protection? Uh, it looks like he was, but it's not there anymore. It's been, okay. been thrown off. <laughs> uh, Marcus, uh, Marcus is hunkered down in the corner and uh, just sort of uh, shaking and, you know, uh, surprised. And, and uh, when you try to talk to him, he can't, he can't hear what you're saying. What? That- what? I can't hear. Dial 911 and look for a medical uh, first aid kit on one of the walls. Yeah, well, there's, yes, there's definitely first aid kits. Well, I'm going to, is there a whiteboard? Uh, yeah. I'm going to write uh, what happened and point okay. to Marcus at it. He says, yeah, and he says, he says, we were doing a, a test in the furnace uh, with some of that substance uh, that you had. And uh, I, I think that when it hit around 400 degrees, it exploded. I don't remember anything after that. I got kind of thrown over here. And, and is, is, uh, is Johnson okay? Um, all right. Uh, unconscious. Yeah. He was, he was like right in front of it when it went off. I was a little ways away. Uh, glad you're okay. Um, take it easy for a second. <laughs> All right. So you've called nine one one, and they're on their way. Um, gloves. Is there no in-house medic? Yeah, there probably is. They come running. Um, right. Uh, it takes them a few minutes, but after a couple of minutes, uh, Johnson starts to regain consciousness. And, and he's like, oh, 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 what, what happened? Uh, it looks like you guys had a little um, explosion in your Stand lab. On the ground, don't move. You could talk, but lay, don't move. He, he, he looks around at, at you kind of obviously dazed and confused. It's okay, just just relax. I'm uh, I'm gonna put you know something over my uh, mouth and nose and and see what I can determine from the uh, conditions inside the oven. Is there anything still there? Was there a crack before this happened? The uh, the inside of the oven uh, it shows some residue. Uh, but not very much of it. And there's something, something that almost looks like uh, glass, like, uh, like something had crystallized in the, in the heat. Okay, we'll be taking samples of that carefully, well-gloved. And you can see from where the, uh, where the, uh, when, when the furnace exploded, that it pretty much stopped the temperature gauge in its tracks. So, yeah, it was just a little bit above 400 degrees. It shouldn't be hot enough to cause any kind of an mm-hmm. explosion. But then you don't know what the substance, what it actually does. But we do know it's very volatile. Let's see, and, and all the... Given the nature of the explosion, I'm assuming all the equipment that was 
capturing data has been destroyed? Um, as far as the furnace goes, yeah, it's been damaged. But is there a, uh, about the um, the things measuring the the gases and stuff that was that were coming off of it as it was heating up? Yeah, I think that was damaged. Also, so it's, it's um, however the uh, most of the other equipment in the room is okay. It's not a huge explosion, you know. It was mm -hmm. a minor explosion, enough to injure them because they were close. But right, and uh, as you are sitting there with with the two of them. Uh, uh, you can see on Johnson's face this, what looked like a pretty nasty burn at first. Actually might just be like, you know, when you get slapped in the face. So the, the red is sort of going, going paler. It's, it's not as, as bad as it was. Um, he feels, he feels dizzy, but he doesn't, uh, uh, he he says he's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Does anybody know how to check for a concussion? I have forty in medicine. Okay, yeah. I have fifty first aid. Um, uh, Jade, why don't you take a look at him? I rolled a forty-one. I'll burn one luck point. Okay. So um, forty. Well, you can see that the general condition of his skin—it just looks like it's smarted. But from getting smacked. Um, uh, you look in his eyes, and there's definitely a little bit of bloodshotness. Uh, he also does seem to have some lacerations. Uh, something must have hit him in the face, but they're very minor, you know, like around his nose and his, and his mouth. Um, but other than that, except for the fact that his eyes, his eyes are not focusing correctly there doing a little bit of this uh but he's uh he says that he's okay might be a minor concussion possibly i think he should still take a trip to the hospital get himself checked out i well, should think for legal reasons that would be necessary all right you know the facility can't just have somebody sustain an injury and then just have them walk it off. Um, so when the medics come, I'm going to ask them to uh, keep us up to date on his condition. Okay. So after um, five, five or six more minutes, the uh, the ambulance arrives and uh, they take Johnson. Uh, now Marcus doesn't seem to have been hurt as bad. Uh, but his hearing is damaged, so they're going to take him as well. And then it's simply a matter of we need to clean up the lab and get the lab cleaned up. They've probably got a staff that does things like that. But before we do, before they clean up the lab, do you want to do anything? Well, what was on the whiteboard before Hayden began communicating? Um, mostly just like a schedule for the day of things that they were going to, to do. They had notebooks that they were working in. However, they obviously hadn't finished their tests. So they had does their, did they have the, the conditions for the test? Like what exactly it was that they did? Yeah. Right. Uh, they, protocol there. They, they followed standard procedure. They got a small sample. 
uh, the sample itself was placed into the um, furnace. I've got the name of the furnace here someplace. I just couldn't find it. Um, uh, in order to uh, test for the off gases. And they began heating it up. Uh, what it looks like is that Johnson walked over towards the furnace to check the temperature. And that's when it exploded. Michael, did you find anything left? Was there any residue or? Yeah, I've got a couple small samples here. Uh, we might, I guess, they, uh, uh, my first impression is that the substance might uh, form a crystal. It's unstable, um, which might help explain why it would be so uh, volatile at such a low temperature. But we'll have to look at these. Uh, I'm sure uh, Dr. Leem has come down to address the situation. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm curious how long that's going to take to replace the equipment. Because I don't imagine you had six of these furnaces stacked up in this facility. No, but we can order one and have it here by tomorrow afternoon. What was that? Don't be a, it's going to be expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Money. Uh, um, now, I mean, looking at the research, I mean, how they took a little bit of the substance, but how little is little? Not very much, maybe half an ounce. And it exploded to that. Yeah. Now it didn't like blow the door off the furnace, but it definitely blew the door open. So this thing's a, a like a like a. I'm, I'm I'm picturing like a high school size kiln. So it's like a fairly insulated box with a right. glass and steel door, not giant. And it didn't like right. puncture one of the steel walls. It just right. It just popped. Mm-hmm. Um, fair enough. So, uh, what lab should I take this residue to? Uh, what do you think, Claire? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's less biological and more, more chemical. So I don't yeah. know. All right. Way to dodge. Don't we have, well, I mean, I, I know some chemistry, but Liege is, Dr. Liege is more, more of a specialist there. He'd probably say something about like mul multiple bonded nitrogen or something like that. That'd be exactly what he says. He seems to know a lot. <laughs> He seems to know a lot about explosives. <laughs> but yeah, um, maybe put put it in the freezer to keep it uh, keep it cold mm -hmm. for now, and then I'll look and look and see what we have in terms of of uh, chemical analysis. Which what? What would we have in terms of chemical analysis? <laughs> um, well, it has chemicals. 
<laughs> really? And molecules and things like that. Fascinating. Um, uh, it, well, what I, what I can tell you is that it doesn't seem to have any kind of chemicals that should cause an explosion. That even the crystalline substances that are sort of in there that look like glass are, are more, more akin to shells, like the shells on a, a chicken's egg, than they are to glass. Hmm. So what is the thing that, that created it had an um, extreme exothermic like reaction? that formed the substance then burned off and then maybe it was the escaping the heated up air in this small space hmm. that could have caused it the pressure a pressure explosion less than a chemical explosion of course we can't see what it actually did because the equipment blew up so i suppose it must the, the furnace itself must have uh must generate a vacuum too otherwise you'd be getting reactions to the atmosphere in the room and not right. learning about what the thing was so yeah unexpected pressure i mean extra pressure internally well you know so far this uh nasty pink goop is like our nasty tree stump friend it doesn't make any sense in terms of the life sciences that we've learned Oh, and there's another part about it that's like a tree friend. It terrifies me. That I mean, abysmal? No, I mean, it's just... I mean, it's already... It's just another thing that we've been handed that's injured people. That's true. Yeah. The insurance around this place is going to be terrible. All right. So things start to calm down. And lunchtime rolls around. What would you guys like to do for lunch? There is a street fair going on in front of uh, the Crocker. The heat outside is terribly hot. But there's some shade there. And there's people who set up tents and stuff like that. Um, and it's a fairly nice town. So there's all sorts of things going on. Uh, Brian, you're muted. I wouldn't mind stepping outside just to get out of this lab for a little while. Yeah, even with the ventilation system we have, the whole place smells a little bit like that burning stink. Uh, just starting to uh, to air out from the creature, too. That's right. I don't know. Tex-Mex? Uh, seems reasonable enough to me. Okay. I got a hankering for some lemonade. Mm. That sounds good. So you decide to head into the middle of town, and there is a nice um, Tex-Mex place uh, across the street from a new restaurant that is opening uh, called the Black Dragon. And it looks like Asian food. And uh, you remember reading something in the newspaper just the other day that there is a group of refugees uh, that came here from China 
uh, just a month or so ago. And they got state funding to help them put together uh, a, a restaurant uh, with the help of a number of patrons in the area. And uh, they're opening this restaurant in a couple of weeks. Uh, these people were driven out of their uh, homeland uh, uh, not too far from uh, the Bhutan, uh, Tibet area. Uh, they're a tribe that lived up in the mountains. And uh, people are now hoping to try the brand new uh, cuisine of the Chocho people. Is it open? Not yet. It's not open yet. No. Yeah, I'll be very curious about that place when it opens. But the text makes is, makes is good. And the lemonade, not too sweet. Not too sweet. Nice and tart. So we have to brainstorm about other things to test this fluid with. And, you know, I mean, it, it's going to be a little while before we get a replacement for that device. And now I'm worried about its volatility. I wonder if there are other precautions we should be taking. Well, we should definitely keep it in small amounts, I think, um, for, for starters. Um, as far as additional tests, um, I think we should uh, try to find out what proteins are in it, trying to see exactly what, maybe try to discern what they're trying to use it for. Yeah, I wish we had some more idea about what research they were doing with it and where it came from. Are there uh, live animal test subjects at Zipfotec? Uh Yes. Question um, for the... Oh, sorry. If, if Go ahead. You know. Just a question for the GM. Do we know anything about Jenny? Like her growth? Were we told to look for any kind of growth hormones or any... All uh, what you know is that um, some of the research that your guys were doing... Uh, had something to do with a bodybuilder okay and yeah you, they might have mentioned something about she had some unusual growth and it might have to do with something you know that's that's you're getting the bare bones of it so i'm wondering if we should be searching for some type of new steroid or hgh human growth hormone or something along those lines and as far as precautions i mean standard lab gear uh, gloves mask eye eye protection right we should definitely see how it uh behaves with organics um run some tests on some rats well that's what i was thinking maybe it's time to get out the little white mice if it's a serum we could try you know too topical and too uh you know uh, on the surface and see what it's responsive just a just a swab Agreed. Okay. And being that that last creature was so volatile, maybe after we do these tests, we try and ensure containment on the, the um, test subjects. Yeah, we're jumping at inclusions. We might just kill the little mice, but uh, we certainly don't want them burning their way through a plexiglass wall. All I know is we all saw what was in that plexiglass. And I mean, I've had better nightmares than that. So 
All right. So uh, lunch finishes and you head on back to the lab. And uh, as you arrive back at the lab, uh, uh, a car pulls up with uh, Johnson and Marcus in it. Uh, they've been checked out. Uh, they seem to be okay. Uh, Marcus looks, uh, Marcus's hearing has come back, uh, though he still has a little bit of ringing. And uh, they, uh, they go back into the lab. Uh, Johnson, on the other hand, uh, maybe from the shock of it all, he, he's not as cheery as he usually is. Of course, he just was in an explosion. He looks rather somber as he's uh, going back to his lab. And you begin to do some other tests. Right. And his, and now there's some sort of crew in there cleaning up the mess of the right. explosion. Right. Over, over the lunch period, they, they, cleared, they cleared up most of it. Um, there's still some some obvious uh, uh, damage to the counter and to uh, part of a wall, but uh, other than that, they've they've cleared the equipment out. It's they're they're hoping hoping to get it repaired, uh, but uh, uh, through through the, um, through uh, full wilderness, they've managed to order new equipment, and it should be here. Uh, sometime the next day or the or the day that follows it's good to have deep pockets uh, i'm going to let johnson results. i'm going to let johnson be for a little while but by two o'clock or so i'm going to see how he's feeling again all right yes well we'll get the the test prep we'll get the circuit and the mice all right so you get your mice and uh it's not quite two o'clock yet you get your mice and you get uh whatever whatever test subjects you need and you don't you're, you don't have banks and banks and banks of them but you you know it's a lab you can get what you need um and you're you're trying some of this on the mice and you don't see any immediate reaction except that the mice seem to like it i mean you don't have to force them to eat it they they eat it. Of course, mice eat garbage, so, mm -hmm. you know. Well, let's keep them under observation. I'd like to do, uh, I'd like to have uh, some of them in isolation and some of them next to another one that's been given the substance and some of them next to one that hasn't been given the substance. See if it causes aggression or causes them to bond or anything. I was going to say the exact same thing. Good, good call. Um, they don't seem to be aggressive towards one another. They do seem to develop a kind of cooperative behavior. If two of them that have it are together? Right. And if one of them has it with one of them that doesn't, just normal just, mice? Ignores, yeah, the others. Mm -hmm. And that could be a, you know, that could be a scent thing or, you know, that could be anything. Right. So around two o'clock, you decide to go in and check on Johnson. And 
when you step into his office, he's not at his desk. But you hear a noise from another part of the room and you look over and Johnson is on his hands and knees uh, under one of the, uh, the, the lab tables uh, facing, uh, facing into the corner and he's doing something. He, it, it, he's moving it, he, it, it's, he's making a, a strange sort of noise. Johnson? You're leaning out the door. Get, uh, can we call security the medic? There's something funny. Yes, Johnson, we were just, um, you know, we wanted to follow up with you after uh, this morning. Is everything all right? Do a spot hit, Michael. Forty-six for fifty-two. Very normal. There is a specimen jar on the table. You just noticed it. Uh, the lid. Is the table he's under. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, the lid has been taken off, and whatever was in the specimen jar has been removed. Um, it's about this, this big of a. Jar. Is there any environment in the jar that suggests what kind of thing it was? Like, is it, is there a fluid or is there? There's a, there's a, there was a fluid in there. Uh-huh. And does it, does it sound like he's eating something? Yeah, maybe. Uh, okay. Uh, any word on security or the medic? Johnson. I'll make that call for the medic and security. All right, so uh, medic and security are on their way. Um, and yeah, he's making noises like he's eating something. And, and glancing around, are there any similar specimen jars with things still in them in the room? Uh, there are. Are there, there brains are. in them? Yeah, there are brains in them. All right. Um, what kind of door does Johnston's office have? Um, you know, a standard, uh, what would you say, like a, a partly wooden door with a glass. All right, maybe steel frame wood and the glass with the mesh in it. Right. Yeah, let's pull that shut with us in the hallway. <laughs> okay. I think, I think we want to have uh, somebody with, you know, a taser before we interrupt Johnston's meal. When, when you close the door, it seems to get his attention. And uh, you see him suddenly turn back and look at you. And you can see that he's got stuff around his mouth and he's got a half-eaten brain in his hands and he starts growling at you. And you can see that his eyes are really red. And that's about the time that the security and the well, what's going on? Uh, Johnson's lost his mind. Um, he's eating a one of. Well, just just look. He's he's acting aggressive. He's eating some of his specimens that he has in there. It, it's ugly. He's on uh, the floor. He you know clearly the hospital that released him was irresponsible because there is some significant damage. We need to uh, sedate him. I 
preferably and get him into a secure facility for further All right. attention. So one of the doctors has a uh, syringe uh, with something to sedate him. Um, uh, the security guard moves into the room and you can see this look come over Johnson like he becomes a predatory animal. You can see he's, you know, growling and he's giving him the, the straight on the eyes. And, and as the guy's getting close to him, the guy's got a, a taser. Um, Johnson leaps at him like, a, like an animal. And they fall to the ground. They're sort of wrestling around. And uh, you get the strong impression that Johnson is trying to bite his face. Uh, the doctor runs up and sticks the needle in his arm and injects him. But he's not immediately uh, succumbing. I want to help. <laughs> I'm not right. strong, but... Why don't you do a, a, a brawl? Ooh, a 16. That's nice, because I only have a 25. All right. Uh, well, say you manage to grab his legs and pull him off the guard. Okay. And he's really struggling to get back up to the guard and attack him. But he's he getting... He doesn't seem to be trying to attack the guard's body or arms or legs. He's trying to get back to his face. I've well, seen this in a well, really... I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna... How about the rest of you? On him? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> following a Hayden in. I'm looking for something heavy I can whack Johnson in the head with. Um... All right, so you're looking for something to hit him with. There's not really much in this room that you could hit him with. Uh, he, doesn't have a, he doesn't have a coat rack or something? Okay, yeah, maybe there's a coat rack. Uh, Claire, what are you going to do? I'm waiting in the doorway. Okay. Because I, I, wasn't, I wasn't with them initially and ran up with the guards. Okay, and Jade? I'm five foot zero, ninety six pounds. I'm not doing anything. Okay. But I'm gonna yell out. I've seen this in a really old, really old movie. It was like from the nineties or something, and it was zombies. Well, I've you know what, this... Jade? I saw this right now. <laughs> this isn't and it gonna is end 90s. well. And it is the nineties. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally <laughs> forgot where. I seen this really old movie. It was a black and white. I think it was like a zombie movie or something. Um, Jade. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Hayden. Uh, Johnson suddenly turns back and looks at you, and his eyes go wide, and he's no longer interested in the guard. He's now coming for your face. That's nice. He's got his mouth wide open like he wants to okay. bite you. Well, I'm just going to keep my hand basically just on his throat like this, with like trying to keep his arms pinned with my legs. Okay. Since I'm on top of him. Rolled a one. Oh, well, you want, you want to see? If you can. <laughs> um, sure. I, I might have one. the cut. I might have the cut rack ready. Mm, tasty face. 
Yeah, no, by 82, it's not going to be the one. All right. Uh, he reaches forward and grabs a hold of your shirt or whatever you're wearing and pulls you forward, and he latches onto your face right about here. Uh, the security guard is now trying to beat him off of you. Um, the uh, doctor has gotten another syringe and is going to pump him with some more tranquilizers. Uh, I think you can all do sanity rolls. Get him off! <laughs> I passed for some reason. <laughs> I'm still going to lose one because somebody's biting my face. I failed. I rolled exactly an 80 for an 80. This is what you get for trying to intervene, kids. You get bit in the face. All right, Hayden, he's done four points of damage. He took your cheek off, buddy. Probably ripped your cheek. Yeah, at this point. Oh, I'm just screaming in pain at this point. I failed. What do I take? Uh, 1d4. I done failed. Yeah, 1d4. Two points. And passing 1d2? Just take two points. I, I am now screaming. I passed, but I'll take two because somebody just, you know, okay, bit my face. Um, have I got a coat rack yet? A uh, bust, yeah, yeah. A Freud. Yeah, you All have right. a bust, of fre- a phrenology, uh. <laughs> a phrenology head. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to go for the base of Johnson's skull because I don't want to help him tear Hayden's face off. Okay. Um, go ahead. Regular and... brawl, brawl with some advantage because he's kind of yeah. Because he's yeah, he's he's doubly hard. engaged. So I'll just take a bonus die. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a good thing I got a bonus die because I rolled an eighty-nine. Forty-nine is still a fail. So I glanced off his skull. I guess you I can't to... miss it. It would be twenty-four. It would be pretty. Okay. I think I think a combat round might make more sense. Well, I think that you hit him, but he doesn't seem to react. You don't hit him hard enough, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Maybe security- it'll help the doctor get time to, or the or the security guard to tase. Yeah, the security guard is hitting him with the uh, taser, and he's he's shaking. But uh, Hayden, you can feel it too, because he's latched onto your face. Um, uh-huh. But. Uh, I'll say that at a certain point he sort of lets go because of the the, the electrical shock, mm-hmm. and so you get free. Yeah, I want to reel away. <laughs> you are you are badly lacerated like this. Uh, you're going to need stitches um, and a lot of disinfectant. <laughs> so after a little bit more uh, struggle, um, the security guard manages to beat him down. Uh, and and secure him. Uh, however, he's not losing consciousness, and he doesn't seem to be affected at all by the tranquilizers they've given him. But he's got him. Uh, he's got him cuffed, and he's struggling on the ground. Take a blood sample. Take a and blood sample. He's clacking his teeth together. As soon as I see Hayden get bit, I go to find the iodine bottle. Because you want to hear her scream even more. <laughs> poor, poor Hayden. Uh, yeah. That's what I get. All right. Well, yeah, you've got your medical equipment there. Yeah, take a take a blood sample. Do a do a first aid. Medical or first aid. 
Do a first aid for first aid at this point. First Fourteen. Aid. Which would be uh, hard, not extreme. Oh, okay. Well, Hayden, you can take a point off. Okay. Uh, but the most you're going to be able to do is staunch the bleeding. Uh, Hayden's going to have to get to the hospital. To yeah, I'm just they're... worried about some Thanks. sort of infection because... Right. And yeah. not a normal. Like, we've seen weird shit, and I'm thinking already... So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm howling like mad because <laughs> you've now just poured iodine all over it, which stings like. Oh, I know. But. Yeah. And tape it in place so they can uh, sew it on better. And I'm going to, you know, find a syringe and get some, uh, at least one sample of Johnson's blood. Okay. Y'all help with Johnson. I can take Hayden to the hospital. Okay. So while you guys are going to the hospital, they've they've restrained him, but he hasn't let up. He's, you know. Um, now, is this the sort of thing? We, we can't contact our bosses. Dr. Lee must be here. Is he on the phone with Don Bio, uh, with uh, Full Wilderness, trying to figure out whether this is a public event for 911 or a private event, like the Escape of the Tree Monster? Um. He doesn't know whether, well, let's see. The way he wants to handle it is you've got enough medical equipment here that you could run some tests on Johnson uh, and decide whether he should be taken, you know, to a real hospital, a regular hospital, or possibly uh, he might, might be completely insane. He's acting completely insane. Do we have some kind of holding facilities for humans um, in well, this not, weird lab? I mean, you could do a makeshift thing, but more likely they're going to strap him down uh, to a, a gurney of some sort so that he can't, possibly one with a blanket so that he's he really can't move around at all. Um, so that's what they're in the process of doing. Hayden... Uh, and Claire, you head to the hospital. Jade, were you going with them, or are you staying here? I wanted to stay here and run okay. some tests. All right. Uh, Hayden, uh, it's going to take about an hour and a half, uh, but they, uh, the, the damage to you is uh, just you know surface deep, probably going to end up with a really nasty-looking scar but they're stitching you up and they've disinfected it and they've made sure that you don't have any germs or, and they've given you antibiotics because the human mouth is filthy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for driving me out here, Claire. And uh, you're yeah, pretty no shaken. You're yeah. It's, it's traumatic. Just let me know before you uh, get a hankering for faces. Well, don't, don't worry. You'll be the you'll be the first person I I, I tell. <laughs> so are they going to hold and, Hayden overnight? Um, no, probably not. All right. When they get back, I'm going to pull Claire aside and mention that we have to keep an eye on the whites of Hayden's eyes for the, at least the next three days. Well, I think you should run the tests on the blood from from the uh, crazy Johnson. man. Yeah, yeah, Johnson. 
But as soon as I, Hayden gets back, I want to take some blood from him. Absolutely. All right. So uh, I, won't, I won't resist them taking my blood. In fact, I want them to. And you guys should you should keep me under observation. I mean, no. Oh, oh my word. <sighs> All right. Um, the scars could be a great conversation starter. Oh yeah, gonna, I could tell about gonna... the time where somebody almost bit my face off. That will be great. Uh, the uh, the results come back on the blood test from uh, Johnson, and there seems to be a, a higher level of acid in his blood acidosis. Uh, but other than that, nothing seems nothing seems off. Um, Although it does look like uh, he might be clotting. So it's possible that a clot formed and went up into his brain and uh, caused some sort of an aneurysm uh, that's caused him to act this way. So they're going to do some uh, x-rays to see if they can identify anything that's happened like that. Uh, he is uh, he, uh, continually vicious. Uh, he seems to, his behavior seems to be focused on the face of anybody that comes into the room as if he wants to bite their face off. Show, show him a photograph. Um, showing him a photograph has no reaction whatsoever. And he's nonverbal? Nonverbal. Yeah. He doesn't what respond if, to our speech either? Not Nothing, no. What about hand movements? He'll still focus on the face even right. if you go... And he does, it, does he have any... Um, does he have any reaction to seeing something like a needle or a knife being moved towards him? He just keeps focusing on the face even if there's a weapon threatening him. And I'll have you do a, do a spot hidden. Everyone, or well, you guys are all looking at him. You're all looking at him. So. Twenty-six is a hard success. Fifteen is very good too. Hard. All right. Well, what happens is is an uh, an orderly. I'll call him an orderly, but you know, basically, somebody somebody who's assisting uh, is comes into the room to whatever gives somebody something and uh, turns around to walk out of the room. And that's when you notice that Johnson is still reacting to that guy, even though his face isn't showing. Hmm. He's reacting to his head, not necessarily his face. So now if we want to test it out and say, I turn around and move, he'll follow that. Yeah. Will he follow? He had brains in his lab. Did he react to, he still reacts to those, I'm assuming? If you bring in a brain, yes, he reacts to it. Did, did Johnson have any next to kin? Yes, he has a wife and uh, two children. So uh, Dr. Liam's going to have to come up with a story for them pretty soon. 
because he's not coming home from work today. Um, uh, how soon is the x-ray scheduled for? Uh, the x-ray will be ready in about an hour. Okay. I'm curious to see if there's anything, that, any uh, shadowing that suggests that some of the crystal entered his face and what it's up to. Um, and there's no uh, data yet from the crystal that I scraped out of the oven, I assume. Correct. What kind of, what kind of sedative was he uh, with? I knew you'd ask me that. Um, Phenobar. It's a very strong one. <laughs> was it? Because uh, mainly, mainly you said it was. Uh, you mentioned something about a brain aneurysm. So if it was a sedative that could thin the blood. Well, they've tried various medical things. Nothing seems to be changing his current behavior. Um, if How anything, much? he seems to be getting angrier and more he's getting agitated now extremely agitated yeah. does he react to pain for example if we have somebody focus their head not near him but you know to get his and we stick a pin in his toe does he even flinch no reaction at all. like none none i could i could have told you the fact that he doesn't react he had scientific teeth. we have to what do we think about, well, I'm gonna uh, write a, a quick protocol for uh, taking part of that crystalline matter and introducing it to one of our mice in a very strong enclosure, um, because that's my theory. Also, just check up on the mice that we've already bothered uh, the mice uh, have so far had no reaction, except that they seem rather energetic. Okay. And while he's preparing the crystal, I'm, I'm religiously checking my watch because I'm trying to like think of like, oh, how much time passed when the explosion happened versus this, you know, because I'm, I'm going to lose another point of sanity just because a few, I'm a few hours. Out. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> but that's so what far, I, uh, Hayden, you've had, you've had no weird reaction or, or anything. Right, like yet. <laughs> anyway. That's just, the whites yeah. of your eyes are as clear as a cloud on a summer day. Oh, so thanks, Michael. Um, Dr. Peel, one of the uh, medical technicians, uh, he comes in and he says, gentlemen, I think you're going to want to see this. And he takes you in the adjacent room and oh, no. shows you the uh, x-ray. What? Uh... <sighs> Any of you ever see that old movie, Alien? It's not. Dr. Peel. Now is not the time for practical jokes. He says you can see here on the the jaw and the uh, the septum that uh, it was damaged, and something entered through his nose and mouth, and has worked its way into his cranium, and. As far as we can see, there's very little brain matter left. 
just whatever that thing is. And he shows you subsequent photos or, or x-rays and the thing is moving. Of course it is. Uh, Dr. Lean. Yes. What's the, what's the protocol for uh, terminating uh, an employee who uh, has no brain activity? Or should we s operate on Mr. Johnson and remove that thing and then turn him over to the normal authorities? Well, I mean, we could definitely do that. Um, from the x-rays, I'm not sure how much of his brain is actually even left. No, I think, it, I think he could, I think um, he would be considered brain dead under any parallel circumstances. Should you bring up a very good question? I'm not sure if we could terminate him. Because he's not, he might be. He's he got blood coursing. Dead, but he's not, he's not clinically dead. And, and he, he points out to certain things in the, in the x-ray. It looks like there are tendrils going down into his spinal column and into his uh, primitive brain Jula oblongata and stuff like that. So it seems to be keeping his autonomic nervous system working. Yeah, he's breathing, right? Probably panting. Yeah. No, I mean, the only responsible thing I believe that we could do is to incinerate him. I, I, I agree. I agree with that. He's I a little... don't know how legally we get around to that. It happened in the explosion. His body was incinerated. No, but he already went to a hospital. Yeah, there's medical records. Plus, uh, how do we explain to the staff that they can't tell that we've... What are we going to do? Just keep that face eater around? Let him forever? go on a rampage and then be incinerated by the police in the streets after attacking 30 or 40 civilians. Well, I'm just glad he came here after his hospital trip. Can you imagine if he went home? Mm. Mm. That's a very good point. I, I don't want to think about that, Claire. Um, if he got somebody alone, I mean, look what he did to me. And there was a group of us attacking him. I don't, can't imagine what his, his family, oh. Well. It's, it's too horrible to think of. Um. Well, we have higher ups. I think we're going to be in touch with them. And in the meantime, keep trying to sedate him and make sure there's a, uh, a guard on him at all times and those straps hold. I agree. I, mean, I we, think, oh, sorry, continue. I just think we should replace the straps every two hours. <laughs> Not, you know, add some and then take the old ones off. I feel very, very uh, sorry for his family. And for you, Dr. Fields, or... Does anybody, does anybody have, like, some Tylenol or something? Yes, there's some in the medical kit. Oh, um, I'm going to go take some. Yeah, I, I suggest we let this decision come down from above. This is way beyond our pay grade. I think you should all do sanity rules, too. Oh, yeah, I was going to... Yeah. You don't say. 
Whack passed this one. And I I passed. Whoo, baby. What's uh what is an extreme success on a sanity track do? Um it means I gain sanity, right? It means you pass. <laughs> uh and you passed too, Hayden? Yes, I did. I passed. Somehow. Hayden, I think you need to take three at least. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. Even with the pass. But if the rest of you passed, just one point. You, yeah, you passed, but your face didn't. No, my face oh. is back to not passed. And I'm actually already close to going indefinitely insane. Hayden's <laughs> sanity is really low. His power is really low. Uh, I'm going to go on record now. If that happens to me, feel free to terminate me. Yes, we'll, we'll have those forms written up. For you now, know, the ones where you've got a thing inside your brain. For now, we're going to put Johnson into uh, isolation and we're going to keep observing him. There are conditions under which uh, hospitals induce comas. I wonder if it's worth trying something like that here. Well, you we, saw how much sedatives they pumped into we, it? We can try, but so far sedatives don't seem to be... Uh, 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 sedatives work by suppressing certain things in the brain, but there ain't no brain anymore. Um, we should also get as many images of that thing as we can. So we should try to set up some apparatus that we could keep sticking his noggin in I mean, and, and taking more x-rays and whether imaging we have. Because the boys... Thing. Is it hot in here to anybody else? I think all of our adrenaline is spiking, but I have a strange idea. Maybe we should inject him with some of that pink uh, serum. Just are you insane? What is it? What do you think it's gonna do? I don't know. But Look, whatever the origin of that creature is, was that fluid? I don't think giving more of it will be the Before... best idea. Before we start sticking anything in anywhere, we should X-ray the we should X-ray the mice. Mm. You should X-ray me. Mm. Well, did we give the mice the crystalline form yet? No, we injected them with the serum. I I, I was I did uh, announce a plan to insert one of those crystals in one in the best right. cage we have. I don't know if we've had a chance yet. I don't know what time it is yet. I mean, we've had a lot to do. It's been a long day. Um, I also have just had a troubling thought, which is that maybe the thing that is crawling around inside Johnson's skull doesn't need his body as a host. So we can't just leave him strapped to a gurney. We've got to put him in something. Isolation. What kind of what kind of vents brain. are in there? Uh, uh, yeah, vents. we need um, ceiling vents. Basically, I think we need to take the the thick half inch plexiglass we kept the tree thing in, and make him a little room because I don't want it to. Push it. I mean, it looks like a jellyfish. Maybe it can squeeze through his eye hole once it realizes it's trapped. And I do not want another. I do not want this laboratory to release another 
killer into the hills. Just thinking about that's going to cost me a sanity point. I'm starting to see why our uh, protégés are uh, a little stressed out lately. Surely they haven't seen anything as crazy as this. I mean, they're just looking for a, a, a muscle-bound girl. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I can't imagine anything uh, quite as bad as, as this number here. Well, there might be, there might be something worse. I hope I don't ever see it. So uh, the f we found out that the flashpoint of our, uh, our, our serum sample is around 400. Mm hmm how hot do you think the Dawn Biozon explosion got? Well, it would, yeah, that would be, uh, that would be an order of magnitude at least hotter, maybe hot enough to destroy the goop, or maybe it was the vacuum condition, but it's true. We should. Well, we I haven't should, seen any news reports of any, homicidal maniacs running around that's true. yeah if it, if it if it didn't uh if as the impression is that it went through his nose and mouth and not through his skull maybe there just wasn't anybody to inhale the crystal but you're right there should be a hazard team to look for these crystals there even if they, I mean, what if, what if they can become airborne? What if have to deal with a fallout tap situation? What if while the the site is shut down, animals or birds, maybe it can affect them. We need we need to find some some way of uh, tracking this this substance is. Easiest would be radio. If it's radioactive, could we get a Geiger counter? You could get a Geiger counter. Well, let's test if it is radioactive. Right. Substance does not seem to be radioactive. Okay, and the the uh, the crystalline residue does not click. Mm -mm. I mean, any more than any other substance. Right. Is it magnetic? Uh, doesn't seem to be. Uh, the, uh, the the crystalline stuff stuff uh, comes closest to like eggshell, uh, except that it's it's almost transparent. Right, but it's a lattice structure. Right. Perhaps somehow when the the substance heats up, it forms. Does the crystalline matter uh, dissolve in acid? Um, yes. Maybe we can do a, maybe we can do a partial purge of the Don Biazon site with uh, a non-toxic acid just to decrease the likelihood that any of these crystals that formed 
enter into a ecosystem. How about my crystalline? See if it'll work with uh, acetic acid. That'd be minimally. Yeah, long barely. At least. Yeah. Right. Can, um, can we check on the mice now to see if there's been any reaction? Um, yes, the mice uh, don't show any physical reaction except that they seem to be rather energetic. They're, they're not sleeping. What do x-rays look like? Uh, on the mice, they look perfectly normal. Even the one that had a crystal introduced? Yes. So hopefully, it, maybe it's just the superheated or the heated reaction that caused it, and we're not going to have to worry about animals ingesting these crystals. At maybe, the site. yeah, maybe the maybe the crystal is the byproduct of the reaction, as I was saying before, and the rea the reaction that caused the uh, infestation to occur. I wish Marga was here. She's a parasitologist. I hope she gets back soon. Hey. um... Can I give me a give me a flashlight? And I'm gonna I'm gonna go see Marcus. Okay. Hmm. Uh, he's still in. Uh, yeah, he's kind of taking it easy, but uh, yeah, he's working on what he was working on earlier. Uh, hey, Claire. Hey, Marcus, do you mind if I uh, take a look at you real quick? Sure. Check you for a concussion, just in case. What yeah, like? he, he doesn't look in. He doesn't look like he's he's got a problem. He Hayden, seem on particular. the other hand, looks kind of pale. That could be blood loss. <sighs> hey, uh, hey, Hayden, how you feeling? Oh, yeah, it's just peachy. Just peachy, Claire. You know, feeling feeling great. I'm gonna roll a medicine check because I have a little bit in there. Well, she'll uh, go ahead. That's uh, darn. It's ten off. What do you ten off from a success? You can use luck if you want. I'm not the luckiest. All right. <laughs> Hayden, um, I, I can't believe you're pressing against that bandage like that. Isn't it more painful when you press against it? Uh, I've, I've, I've got a bit of ice. And how, have, how are the whites of your eyes looking? They still look okay. Well, maybe a little bloodshot around the edges. Yeah, um, it's been a stressful day. Hayden, do you want to... I understand that you're... Um, thoughtfully concerned about a question of infection. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't want to end up like him. I don't think that, I don't think that you're, I understand your anxiety. I, I do. Um, the attack on you was very different than what happened to Johnson though. And there's no reason to think that whatever that squid in his skull is, has entered your bloodstream. In fact, we'll test your blood again in a bit just so you, just to reassure you i think you should take a sleeping pill and, and and feel okay i mean not this minute tonight and we'll check in on you 
we'll take turns. Hey, uh, James. Yes. That's the closest thing to a uh, zoologist we got here. What did that thing look like? Uh, what, um, Tom, should I make a roll for that? Or do I even have any Take, type of clue? I, I'd say that it looked like, kind of like a sea anemone or a, a sea urchin sort of looking thing. It looked uh, like a sea creature, like a, an anemone uh, <laughs> or an urchin. <laughs> look, 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 look. Hey, 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 look. Look, look, you're taking, taking my blood. Take an x-ray, too. Yeah, can we get please, an x-ray of Hayden? Take, take an x-ray of me. And is there any results on either of their blood samples yet? Uh, blood, like I say, um, Johnson's blood looks like it's got a higher elevation of, of acid. That's right. Um, is it more clotted this time? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, you're starting to think that maybe, maybe the body is not going to survive for very much longer. So I think Michael's idea of it maybe escaping might not be so far-fetched. Can we get that thing... Do we have a containment unit that we can stick it in? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, what if it secretes acid like the other thing? At least it'll be inside of the plexiglass for the first secretion. I think we're going to take some more of your blood, Hayden, just to see if it has changed at all. Right. Hayden's, Hayden's blood seems to be perfectly normal. Look, look, there might not be a manifestation yet, but please, please take an x-ray. Oh, I, I agree. We should take an x-ray. And I don't know about going back to the hotel tonight. I think we should stay here. All right. Well, whether we stay here or not, we need to get what's left of Johnson into the best sealed box we can uh, with eyes on. Um, and let's, let's make up a list of uh, countermeasures. If, if, the, if, the, if the jellyfish in Johnson's skull can secrete things like our friend the tree, there's always something we can hose the container down with. There's always some countermeasure. It might be, it might be only effective to slow it down, but anything, any chemical reaction has some chemical reaction that can counter it if we're, if we're ready. Well, <clears throat> I looked up, I looked up some stuff on uh, fluoroantimonic acid and there's uh there's a couple things we could do. The, How uh, is that acid even stored? In <laughs> I actually know this. Um, well, it, it's stored in in glass bottles that have a polymer lining on the inside. Mm. And what kind of polymer is it? That one I don't know. It's like a, like a really highly specialized variant. Yeah. Because it'll eat through glass. So, right. Yeah. It's 
it's just carbon just yeah carbon all the way down <laughs> um what happens if you flush that acid with a lot of water you make a lot of toxic water what and what if you if you dump a lot of soda on it it gets hot i bet you probably get an explosion well, what happens if you burn it? Oh, I bet that's a bad smoke. <laughs> toxic air. <laughs> well, anyway, we can we can you know we can make a we can brainstorm a list of protocols just on the off chance because of the relationship of the lab that that our squid friend. I mean, I think if our squid friend was like our tree stump friend, it would have popped out of Johnson's head by now and latched onto one of our brains. It's using him right now, but I fear when it realizes that he's not going to get away, it's going to change its approach. Or the host dies, it's going to look for a new host. It's like a symbiotic. Well, I hope when the host dies, it dies. But Well, we need to be prepared for any uh dr peel comes back in with another x-ray and he says gentlemen uh uh it's growing and he says just in the last half an hour uh you can see here and he shows you i don't have a i don't have one to show you but it it's almost filling the entire brain cavity at this point and he what? says he says I, i'm not sure but I don't think he can get out. Might be too big to get through the skull. We can hope. Certainly how not are, the same hole that it got through in the first place. How are Johnson's eyes? Um, they're pretty much red. Is he still, but they're in his skull? Yeah. He's, are his teeth still clacking? Uh, he's calming down. He, he seems to be becoming very listless. Now, I think Dr. Carlisle, when he ordered that tranquilizer rifle, I think there was two, but I don't know if it's going to do anything at all to this creature. I'm sorry, say that again. I said I believe Dr. Carlisle had two um, tranquilizer rifles delivered a week yeah, ago. Yeah. But I do not believe if this creature does break free from the you know, from the the host, I don't know if it will even do anything. And I don't know how to use it myself, so maybe one of you gentlemen might. Well, and it's there's no reason to believe that it would have any effect on it whatsoever. Anyway, nothing seems to so far calm it down except that it's probably running through whatever energy the body had at this point johnson's dying i just <laughs> do you have my x-ray pack yet oh you haven't gotten one yet oh <laughs> um we can we get one yeah they take you in the other room and they x-ray you and uh you look perfectly fine <sighs> Except for the gigantic thing. Except for the gigantic, <laughs> massive thing in my head. But other than that, perfectly fine. 
Except just for all the radiation from the eight x-rays you've had in the last two hours. <laughs> Super cancer. Better, better to die of cancer than be eaten alive by a giant face-eating squid. Well, radiation yeah. accelerates the growth, so... You have, um, about, you have about one ounce of the serum left. Let's just pour it down the drain. Kidding. That feels safe. <laughs> um, oh, that would start a whole new scenario. <laughs> so uh, the the mouse that we introduced the crystal to is not turning into a mouse, a brain eating mouse. Uh-oh. Its x-rays seem perfectly fine. That's bizarre. Um, and uh, did was it Dr. Peel who suggested that Johnson was dying? That yes. his vitals are failing? Yes. Well, at least um, this will relieve Dr. Leem of the responsibility of terminating his employee. Although I don't, again, know what we're going to tell the medical examiner. Well, Peel asks then, if Johnson dies, should we see if we can retrieve this thing? I mean, yeah. You can't just call the coroner and let them take it. You do whatever you want. Right. If we if we have to deal with more of these, it might be good to see what makes them tick. Do you have a uh, an idea? But so, uh, all right. Step one: to retrieve this presumed creature, this thing that's acting like a creature that we don't know how to sedate or control and we don't know the real morphology of, we would wait until Johnson died and then saw off the top of his skull and catch it in a tank. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Filled with saline and then slap a lid on it and hope for the best. It seems like it's a very risky venture as opposed to shoving his whole person into the hottest furnace we can make and incinerating every last atom of it. I mean, it's, this is a question of the, the, the attempt to study the tree stump released a very dangerous creature into the environment that we had no ability to control. And we seem to have gotten lucky with that, but we could be doing the same thing again. This could be a baby tree stump that will eat its way through anything we put it in. And it wants to eat brains. I get, I understand where you're coming from. Um, but I don't know if, I don't know if incineration's that safe either. Well, it's true. It would have to pass through 400 and some degrees at one point. Maybe it would turn into a, an explosive battery of crystals. We don't know. <laughs> that could be its reproductive cycle. 
It seems like a very poor choice with waiting around for people to light you on fire seems to be a, uh, not like those pine cones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very host dependent, but that's the way things are sometimes. <laughs> Brain munching pine cones. <laughs> um, let's ask Dr. Peel how long he thinks Johnson has at his current rate of decline. Um, I'm going to go. Minutes, probably uh, no more than a half an hour. All right. Well, whatever it is that we're going to do, we should get it done. Well, uh, we need to get something prepared to receive the specimen. Um, something that's obviously fairly tough. Well, that's the good, I mean, getting Johnson to one of the tree stump plexiglasses was impossible. Getting something the size of his brain in seems pretty easy to do. We needed to make sure that we have um, drainage in and out that's carefully screened uh, and a lid that we can screw on real tight, real fast. And, you know, and if we, if we could find the the plexi in the place, you know, double up every side. Um, uh, I wonder what color it is. Another, uh, another one of the uh, people come in and they say, uh, doctor, the patient is seizing. So he says, excuse me. And he goes. All right. Divide up these, you know, I'll go and I'll go and start filling a tank with saline and reinforcing it. Okay. Yeah, you find some, you know, specimen containers that are designed to hold. I don't know why, but we'll just say. Well, oh yeah, standard monster holder. <laughs> well, having had the dark young on hand for a little while. Hey, we have the container that um we got the first thing in. We moved it to an enclosure, so we still have that. That has reasonably large air holes, though. That's fair. Yeah. We could have we could have a little tank that was used when they when the uh the previous owners of the lab were testing, I don't know, like steroids or something. <laughs> now those, we're gonna pull it out of the mothballs. The bone saws are they you know, the rotary ones, are they they're electrical, right? Plug in, they're not battery operated, are they? I think they're Battery operated. I bet in 1991 they'd go right in a wall socket. Probably. You can't have that thing slow down when you're halfway around somebody's skull. Well, if there's one with a socket close, you never know. Make sure. I mean, if the thing starts reaching out at us? Yeah, exactly. Make sure everyone's got some sort of uh, face shield or something. Oh, absolutely. You couple, couple you of guys hatchets on hand. I'll be, I'll be watching from the other room. I'm sorry, I can. All right. Um, Pearson informs you that Johnson's dead, um, and they want to uh, isolate and remove it. They're going to try and um, perform the operation in a way that they can do most of the work and then sort of put a 
I kind of imagine like an incubation thing around him so that if the thing tries to jump out, it jumps into the into the container. Uh, are you all going to watch? Yeah. Yeah. Hatchet in one hand. All right. And uh, reinforce those gloves. Now on watch. Hayden, you don't have to be here. If you, if you know, if it's gonna, if it's gonna further cause you distress. I think one, one is it in me. So. Um. So the procedure goes pretty well. They, uh, they cut through the skull. Uh, they begin to remove it, and in fact, when they remove it, it kind of looks like that movie Alien. There's sort of a, a blob of something there with wormy tentacles around it that um, it doesn't jump, but it sort of plops into the, uh, the container, and they, they put the lid on it. And uh, if at one point it looked kind of like a... Uh, sea uh, anemone. Now it looks like a really fat sea anemone, uh, about the size of a human brain, um, and it has little tentacles all over it. Um, of course, everybody wants to get a look at it, so they you've got it sort of sitting there, and everybody is looking at it. I would like you all to do a spot hidden. is a hard success. Extreme success. I, I can see what the little bastard's up to. Okay. Oh, five. Uh, Nothing gets past us. And, and Claire, was yours just a regular success? Yeah. Okay. Claire, when you're looking at it, its little tentacles quiver sort of rhythmically. And it 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 for some reason, that kind of bothers you because it's weird looking. Uh, Hayden, you see this too. And you can see that there's kind of a, a change of color to the thing. The thing, by the way, is kind of a milky, uh, like it's almost made out of a soap bubble, but it's, it's got some light. Have you ever seen somebody blow a, blow a bubble, but they've got smoke in their mouth so that it looks like a bubble mm -hmm. with smoke in it. That's kind of what the thing looks like, except that it's catching the light and it's it's changing color as it's doing this. Michael, when you look at it, you get the distinct impression that it's trying to communicate by wiggling its little little tendrils. Um, it's almost hypnotic. Do a power roll. I am all for smashing this thing with a hammer. It is creepy. We should just destroy it at a nuclear test site. 007. I'm as cool as a cucumber. Um, but I did, now, but I want to notice: is it communicate? Is it is it is it pointing at each of our faces and doing a different dance, or is it doing a dance globally? Uh, kind of globally at this point. Um, and did we dump it in a fluid or just go plop into a tank? It's just plop into a container. Uh -huh. um, and there's definitely fluid, but 
but it's it's from the thing itself. It also is definitely probing the tank, trying to find a way out. Uh, and all of these all of these tentacle limbs are undifferentiated. There aren't some with like smaller limb bits at the bottom. They're just sort of stretchy, goopy. Well, actually, since you ask, you can tell that some of them end in orifices, like little mouths. Uh, Jesus. Uh, sand check. Yeah. Yeah, you get the distinct idea that it wants to eat your brains. Uh, and it has some intelligence itself. Possibly. So I, I made that sand check, but I think two is in order. Okay. I'm still, I've been, I, I haven't failed one, so I'm still, I mean, I had a high pow. Um, how strong is my desire to just, you know, pour a lot of bleach in that tank? And make this thing melt. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know, let's have let's have a, let's have a strenuous debate between us about whether it's worth keeping this thing or even the word, the can word be that justified. Going through all of your heads is a bomb. Kill it, kill it. <laughs> I like the bleach option. Bleach. Look, that I mean that that bastard tried to eat me alive. I think we should kill it. Yeah, and it killed poor Johnson. Mm -hmm. uh, although I think we should feel good about the fact that by the time he attacked your face, there was little of Johnson left in there. It was just a shell. Um, all right, Dr. Lean, do you have any orders countermanding us from just uh, melting this? Horror? Well, the thing, the thing is fascinating, and we've gotten documentation of it. Uh, this has all been filmed. Um, all right. Let's get let's get all of the non non destructive data we can within yeah. reason because I think outside of an hour we need to this thing needs to uh, be ready for an autopsy. And it has no visible uh, visual organ, and it has no orifice that's obvious except for the little sucking mouths. Right which I've carefully pointed out to my colleagues. Yeah. Are there teeth in them? Well, you can't tell, but possibly, possibly something more along the lines of a, a radula, like a snail would have uh, teeth on its tongue that it can rub and slowly eat. Where Do we want to throw something in there and see what it does? I mean, a mouse, know, a chicken leg? We should know as much as we can before we des destroy it. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Keep changing the tape. The longer, the longer we keep it around, the more opportunities it gets to do something. Does anybody in the room seem to exhibit any unhealthy fascination for it? No. Well, the do Dr. Lean thinks it's fascinating, but it's an abomination. Right. I mean, it's fascinating. It just shouldn't exist in our universe. Now, I don't know about you gentlemen, but everything I see about this screams alien to me. And I know that's absurd to be saying, but what else can... Look, look, Jade, I... 
let, let, let me tell you, I, I have a, I have a, a master's degree in biology, working on a PhD. I double majored in psychology. It's nothing about what has occurred with human. Well, Before, I, I could have told you that. But I mean, before, I mean, he's got Earth. I'm talking extraterrestrial. Nothing, nothing behaves like this. I, I just. I, I need to go. I need to. Ah. Uh, Hayden's not feeling. Give me a second. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm a definitely insane at this point. I, I'm just checking that we're all on the same page. That's that. I just had to vocalize that. Um, Let's order some food and have a beer and make a list of experiments we want to do before we destroy this thing utterly. Spaghetti and meatballs. Yes. No. Well, let's order some uh, some grilled squid. <laughs> some, some sea urchin. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's do this uh, because you're scientists, uh, Doctor Leem says that it's probably best that you at least run some tests while you have the damn thing. Um, it lasts two days. It seems completely uninterested in eating anything except that it wants brains. And it becomes duller and duller over the course of two days. It's lethargic. It, it, it begins to sort of collapse as it goes. And on the third day, it's, it's, it's just a blob of uh, goo. Not much more. And now I wanted, I wanted brains. I didn't want nervous system tissue. So for, for instance, like, chemicals used in like synaptic uh, communications was interested in that at all uh not particularly just, okay just like just brain brains like right. stuff that makes it up but it has to be after it dies you have the opportunity to do some tests on some of the parts but the parts are dissolving so you don't get much much time uh, and we're freezing samples of whatever it decomposes into. Correct. And comparing those to the the, the milk that made it. Right. Um, the uh, the rest of the sample that you have, uh, upon analysis, you notice that there are some incredibly complex and hereto unforeseen molecules <clears throat> that go into its composition. What kind of molecules? Um, organic or inorganic? Well, they're 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 organic, and they definitely look like um, very very similar to brain altering chemicals. Um, uh, Proteins, dopamines, uh, serotonin. Um, well, there are things that look very close to proteins. Yeah. Um, and you wonder if uh, some of these, you, you wonder if possibly Don Biazan was trying to isolate some of these molecules for one purpose or another. They were a pharmaceutical, or they were, uh, they're associated with. Pharmacy. Now, do some of these compounds in the creature also show up in the little bit of the 
uh, serum that we have left? I was actually talking about the serum. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just the uh, but the goop. I want to test the goop uh, that the, goop the creature is, left behind. The goop is definitely of the same composition. It's just it's the, all the molecules are breaking down, oh. and the thing is being reduced to a kind of slurry. What's the color? I bet it smells great. Uh, this, the slurry ends up turning a kind of a light bluish color. I know it. Can we surmise, does the serum come from this creature, or does this creature come from the serum? Like, is there, or it's just, I'm reaching. Well, do a luck roll. Oh, four. Okay. With the last little remaining bit of the substance, um, you do a recreation of the original experiment. You want to see what the effect of heat is on it. You do it under controlled conditions. You do it uh, uh, in a manner that you're protected. And in fact, when that final little bit reaches 400 or so degrees, it becomes the creature. Uh, in this case, a much smaller creature, one that could easily climb up your nose or get inside your skull. And it's, it's quite active and it very much wants to get inside somebody's head, but you've prevented that from happening. And that lasts a couple of days before it just dies the same way. Wow. <laughs> what is wrong with the people at Don Biozyme? <laughs> Why would you ever want to make something like this? To weaponize it and use it in warfare. Well, and also, they didn't make this in a lab they didn't invent this chemistry you know so they got a sample of something somehow and that's where all this comes from roswell new mexico but think about it dropping a few hundred of these on enemy lines in a civilian area will cause mass chaos collapsing the the enemy from within well, I mean, we have biological weapons. Right, and Don Biozyme is at a weapons company. They make pharmaceuticals. Right, and and some of these substances looked like they might have psychoactive effects. So I think that you're right. They went to Roswell and they got something from beyond the stars. But I think what they were trying to do was make happy pills that could sell for a lot of money. Well, now that we've been transfixed with this creature for a few days, where are our bosses? Yeah, I've yeah. It's been five going on six days and you haven't heard anything from your bosses. Desmond used to check in pretty frequently. They went to so, Renuncion? Yeah, this is this is pretty odd. Dr. Carlisle would send me at least a paper message if you didn't see me under the door every day. Yeah, and they had lots of dumb errands to run, like looking at old newspapers. 
let's see if Dr. Leem can tell us whether um, Full Wilderness has heard from them. All right. Of course, the response is no. Nobody's heard from them in a week. Where did they go last? Renuncion was at least nearby where they were headed. Yeah, they were. But that doesn't mean much. You'd think that they were supposed to be headed somewhere in, in like a little town called Loam. Well, if they if they were after anything like we just found here, they might be in serious trouble. What uh, is the likelihood that we um, arranged the rental vehicle or have uh, contact information or? I think that's exactly what you guys would have done. So, so I'm going to call and see what where the you know what we can learn about the SUV they drove out in. And and aren't the SUVs uh, full wilderness? I believe so. Yeah, I think that you're given SUVs from full wilderness, so they're not. I'm I'm sure we had some sort of basic itinerary because we needed to complete something by the time they. You know, like this and this and this needs to be done when we're on our way back from blah, blah, blah. Yeah, nothing. And also, after five days, as much as I respect the privacy of the doctors, I'm going to charm my way into a pass key and get into the room to investigate. Into where? The doctor's room. Into well, you, you, you have access. Oh, I have access. All right. Well, I'm going to look through his stuff. Um, you don't find anything in particular. I mean, he's, you find the accumulated data they have. You find information about Jenny and about Nicole. A stack of Sasquatch Watch papers, maybe? Sasquatch Watch stuff. Uh, you find that they were, uh, yeah, interested in Sasquatch Watch of all weird, weird things. What the hell is that all about? Well, I... I know Margaret was saying something about one of the police officers. She said that he was kind of nuts, but he might know something. I think I might give him a call. Yeah, there was a detective, you think, that was... Yeah, something. His name was like... Jackson or something? I don't remember. Anyway, I think that's where we're going to leave it. And we'll pick up with your regular characters next week. And hopefully these characters will have figured out what happened to those characters and maybe come to the rescue. All right. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, Brian Daly, Keith Craig, Jason Melnichok, and David Gasway with yours truly as Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd also, if you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon. For updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. 
This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure to the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.